Welcome to A Love Like This. I'm Abby, I'm Paige, and we're so glad that you're here. We all face problems, both big and small, but having faith shines a whole new light on finding the right solutions. As we sit down each week with some incredible guests, our hope is that you would be encouraged to take heart in the troubles of the world and to put faith over everything. This episode of A Love Like This is brought to you by The Friendship Centre. The Friendship Centre offers genuine and caring counselling support to people from all walks of life. If you need support or just want someone to talk to, particularly with the same Christian values as you, visit friendship-centre.com or call our incredible friend Maria on 0426 282 214. Stick around to learn more. Hey friends, well, it seems like a seasonal thing at this point, but it wouldn't be a love like this if we didn't just have one episode where we aren't all sick. Today, Ben and I spoke about how his little veggie garden project shapes his outlook on life and faith. We spoke about just how symbolic planting crops can be, the importance of slowing down and using your hands, how growing plants gives you a sense of purpose, and lastly, how it can help you be more content in life. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Now head out and seriously, plant some plants. It will change your life. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Love Like This. First of all, we're going to sound a little bit clogged up. A little bit? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Me. Both Ben and I um, have a cold at the moment. Touch wood, not COVID. Yeah, just bear just with us. everything else that comes with cold flu season, even though it's meant to be summer, but <laughs> dealing with that. So it's all right, guys. You still get an episode this week, so it's fine. So yeah, I'm super excited about this week's episode because it's something that I've loved watching you recently. (laughs) By the way, I'm talking about Ben's vegetable garden and Ben's veggies. Little asterisk next to Ben's because it it, technically it's dad's veggie garden. It was in a bit of... um, dire need of work for there was about a, a moment, year. I reckon like I remember when you got like dad planted corn and pumpkins years ago. Well kids but it's funny right because Mia got into it at one point and then she saw like a one grub and was like no nah, not doing it again <laughs> and then it kind of got left it was full of weeds and then during COVID me and Beck obviously fixed it up uh-huh. got it real nice and then now it's nearly harvest time I've got corn pumpkins dad planted cucumbers got tomatoes Pretty exciting. I'm not going to lie. Like I love the view from my bedroom window because every morning I've been waking up and I don't know if there's something about like fresh veggies. Like I get why people do it Mm. because there's something so like just good about it. Sure is. So I'm going to ask you some questions about this whole veggie thing. (laughs) Trust me, it will be more entertaining than just me babbling on about soil temperatures and best germination rates of pumpkin seeds. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Ben, why did you decide to plant vegetables in the first place? Okay. Good question. It's, 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 it's not that funny. Well, it kind of is. So it stems back to what we were talking about in another episode when I was talking about my dream of owning a ranch one day, a ranch homestead, same kind of thing. I just know that I want a really simple life. I want beautiful land and I want to live like a really kind of just not laid back and cruisy, but a very like self-sustained kind of life. And a big part of that was that I found lots of people around my age saying that they wanted to live a certain way, whether it's, you know, not like that. It could be, I want to live by the beach. I want to you know, be quite wealthy, whatever it is, you know. And I found that they were kind of like projecting out what they think their future self will be like. And so I kind of thought to myself, I'm so lucky that I'm in a position where, you know, we already live on, you know, a bit of land. So I have space to try and do the things that I want to do. So like the cupboards I'm looking at behind you, like I built because at my ranch one day, you know, I want to work on projects. So why would I not work on projects now while I can to see if I can enjoy it and like live like that? 
And that kind of like same thing applies to people who are like, oh, I want to get fit. It's like, well, not any healthy right now. Like, like your future you self's not going to do it. you can do right now. Yeah. And so like a big part of owning that land was like, yeah, one day I want to have a really sick garden and a really sick yeah. veggie patch. Little did I know that I'd love it as much as, yeah. as I did. That's so good. I thought you were going to say something about Halloween. Partly. Okay. Well, no. <laughs> that was like the real kind of like catalyst to it because this was always on my to-do list. Like my, oh, I really want to do this this year. But the like spark for it was, you, you guys know, we've spoken about Halloween on here before. It's like the funnest night of the year for us kids. And one of the things we do is, you know, pumpkin carving, jack-o'-lantern carving. For everyone living in America and listening from America, I'm so jealous of you and your $3 pumpkins because <laughs> I have to take out a mortgage to buy pumpkins here, it feels like. Um, they're so expensive. So I said, you know what, I'll grow them. I'll try at least. But the issue is with pumpkins, it's like flip seasons. So they're really easy to grow in America because Halloween times right after the warm season where like all the vines have died off and the pumpkins are perfect. For us, it's flipped. It's cold season going into warm. So I planted them at the time you're meant to plant them if you're living in warm climates. And so I had pumpkin plants, but I had no pumpkins, except now I have this little baby pumpkin that's about a month late. But next year you learn. But that was the start of it. And like that was in August. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So what has this process taught you about yourself and life in general? Good kind question. of goes off what you were saying before. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, what's it taught me about myself? It yeah, probably hasn't taught process. me. Yeah, probably hasn't taught me too much about like myself characteristically, like the type of person I am. But it has shown well, I feel me. Like your patient. Yeah, I guess so. But it it showed me that I really do like simple things in life. Like one of the greatest joys all through lockdown, all through this year, was before going to work. I'm so blessed. You know, we work from home, but the veggie garden is one minute away, one step away from where our office is. So I got to see that every morning. I used to go over check my, you know, crops, I, you know, turn on the watering system, whatever it is, and just look at it and like be there and be at peace with it. And just I, something about it is just so like, I love starting my day doing this. It just felt like just such a great kind of routine. So it made me, you know, really think to myself, yeah, you know what? I love just such simple things, obviously patience because it's been, you know, three months, but the good thing about vegetables is depending which ones you plant, you don't have to be that patient. Like my corn, yeah, at the start, wow, they germinated. Then probably like a week or two, it's like, oh, they grow from, you know, two centimeters to six centimeters. But now a month later, they're like six feet tall and every day they're changing. Do you know what is so crazy? Because I swear, like three weeks ago, I was looking out my window and you know, like the wooden beans that like go like the frame Yep. Mm -hmm. and the veggie garden. Like I was paying, I was like, okay, remember this, like how short they are. Like, remember that. And then all of a sudden, like I got busy and then I looked, I'm like, oh my God, it's taller than it now. It's so true. It was like dad's tomatoes. Like he germinated lots of seeds in one little kind of bundle planted them. I'm like, dad, you better trim them. They're going to get too big and overgrow each other. Like a week later, the whole veggie garden was like half full of tomato plants, which we had to pull out. It's honestly so cool to me. It is. It's very cool. Like that. So Ben, this is like kind of spiritual, but how does this correlate to your relationship with God? Mm. Like when you think about planting. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I guess there's two kind of takes on it. There's like the metaphorical, like, of course, everyone knows like sowing seeds, growing like in faith, that type of thing. Mm. But I mean, on a more like I guess like logic or well not logical, but like, um, like physical, like material kind of level. It's like, obviously as Christians were told all the time, you have to be like set apart from the world. Right. And a lot of people get caught up in the idea that being set apart means to be Christian. Like everyone else doesn't believe in God. I believe in God. Sweet. I've covered off ticked. I'm set apart from the world. But in reality, like you apply it in so many different other areas of your life. And one of those things, and like, again, one of the reasons why I think I'm so drawn to like living a life on a ranch is because I think sometimes the world has gone too man-made in a way, like everything has fed on itself to a point where like, I think the numbers like, I think it's like 1.7 billion chickens are killed 
every year or even more than that, or there's a hundred million chickens killed a day or something like that. Like that's a lot of chickens <laughs> getting slaughtered in the world just to eat. And like, I'm no vegan or I'm no <laughs> activist, but it's like the same thing. Like for the amount of tortillas consumed in the world, it's, it, I'm talking thousands of hectares worth of corn, thousands and thousands and thousands just for tortillas, not even for actual corn. Oh my God. I know, right? So it kind of got, it's nuts, right? So it got me thinking like, okay, if I want to be set apart from the world, one of the biggest things is being grateful for everything that I have. And by planting plants, you learn to appreciate what's on your plate at dinner. Number one, it's like that corn, you know how hard it is to grow corn? Like this morning, I had to go up to it. I had to snip a little bit of the tassel off the top. I had to brush it on the little silks on the bottom because every single silk correlates to one kernel on one cob. And it's like, if you're looking at a perfect corn of cob on your table and you, you know, you think to yourself, yeah, of course, technology made this easier, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Some farmer sat there on Thanksgiving, giving up time with his family or whatever to make sure that this corn looked perfectly right so you could sell it so I could eat it. I love that you were talking about how it's like being set apart from what I never thought of that. Yeah, it's... Mm, well, I mean, lots of people go like, oh, sustainability, like I want to home grow my food so I don't have more of an impact. Like I get that aspect to it, but by the same token, for me, it's so much more about knowing that I have so much control over my life and you can apply that to everything else. Like being set apart through doing the things that everyone doesn't have the temperament to, I guess. Like, I mean, even if you live in an extremely small apartment, you can grow a tiny bit of vegetables on your apartment building, you know, or if you live rural somewhere or if you're in a developing country, like their whole economies are built on on harvest and food and, and growing crops. And it's this really like humbling, I guess, kind of experience. But Yeah, 100%. I will add something more to it though, because I'll expand on that bit that I said at the start about like sowing seeds and, and things like that. Like, it, might, it might be my next question as well. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, well you ask the question and we'll kind of feed. Well, I was going to read a verse, but I'm worried that it might be a little bit long. Yeah, it's definitely a little bit long. <laughs> sure. But anyway, like in the Bible, it talks so, like I'm talking like so, so much about like planting mm. and like sowing and like nurturing and harvest time and stuff like that. I mean, obviously it's like related to spiritual spirituality, but like I'm Naomi, can you bend the amount of times I've come across it in my Bible is insane. And like the farmer and the seeds and stuff like that. I just think it's so cool. Mm. So like, because it's mentioned in the Bible and stuff like that, and it talks about that. What does that mean to you? Like, yeah. how does that translate into your garden? Yeah, I get that. Well, how funny. I was literally just reading The Purpose Driven Life today by Rick Warren. And I said to the girls a little while ago, if I had to write a book, a Christian book, this would be the book. It's it, like 90% <laughs> of it is like 100%. This is what I would write. And a really big part of what I was talking about in this chapter today was how, you know, God doesn't care what career you take. All he cares about is your character and how you develop in being more Christ-like. And I mean, when you think about like growing vegetables, I know as abstract as it seems, it's like, first you have to, number one, plant the seeds, right? You have to take something that's so insignificant and so meaningless and you have to give it a place in the world, you know, in, in the soil. And like, that's kind of symbolic of people, right? But then it has to be nurtured and it has to grow and it has to come to fruition and come in, turn into something, you know, and it kind of germinates and it breaks through the soil. And like, for me, I kind of think of that, like, oh, wow, you've been saved. Like that's the, the coin term, you know, but for me, it's like, oh, okay, you found your faith. Like you found God, right? That's that moment where like you break through, like all of a sudden something's been planted. You're here on earth. All of a sudden it, it makes sense, right? It's like, oh, wow, I'm photosynthesizing. Like, awesome. This is great. Fantastic. Woohoo. My little, I can't think of the scientific term, but it's like every seed, every plant has these two little leaves, every single one. And their only purpose is to collect sunlight to let the actual leaves of the plant come through. So like if you plant pumpkins and I don't know, corn next to each other, they look very similar. 
when they first kind of germinate. So cool. So it's like that moment, right? It's like, I found God, sweet. I'm saved. Woohoo. Like, yay. But then there's this period where it's like, okay, what next? Like, where's the like end point in a yeah. way, you know? Because it's from that point to the time where all of a sudden you're giving fruits, right? Is it's all about development. It's all about growth. It's like really, I guess, like a period of, yeah, like I said, like development. So it's, it's kind of hard too, though, because, yeah, because it's hard because it's like, oh, I want to naturally grow, right? But that takes a really long time. So we have things like fertilizer. We have things like watering systems to like help people grow. So to me, that's like when you actually start to give into your faith a bit and you start to want to have an interactive relationship like with God and Jesus. Like yeah, what it you is, said, right? Like there are things that like help you carry like your faith, right? Mm-hmm. Like you talked about fertilizer and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah, word, like exactly. food for you, right? Yeah. And then like in the Bible, it talks about how like God, yeah, so like we can do all the watering and stuff like mm-hmm. that, but it's God doing the growing. Yeah, That's for sure. Funny. I love that. And it's so funny too because like, Again, it's like metaphors and metaphors and metaphors, but like <laughs> the so growing true. period takes time and God needs your time. And it's like, if you allow him the time to do that, then the outcomes are going to be, you know, pretty magnificent. And so it's like, if you get through that period of growth, if you accept the fertilizer, if you water, you know, your plants, we're doing the metaphor of you are the plant and the farmer in this, in this case, um, you know, it gets to a point where all of a sudden you can sustain yourself, you know, and all of a sudden you get to this point where, wow my tassels are out, my pollen's starting to spread, I have corn growing, then you can start to actually bring fruit into the world and you can start to improve the lives of other people. And, you know, this is what's crazy, right, guys? And this is how far this metaphor extends. When you're growing corn, corn is a wind-pollinated crop, which means that, you know, instead of bees going in and getting the pollen and moving it into another flower and turning it into something, corn has to be grown in a block and together because the pollen falls from the top and is blown by the wind into the other corns. Oh, my God. And so if you were to plant one single corn all alone in a veggie garden, chances of it actually turning into a cob would be pretty low. But if you plant them in a block together and you, I guess, promote their growth as one, they can share their pollen together and pollinate each other. it needs other. wind. It needs wind or it needs to be shaken or you can manually do it, but I mean... We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank the sponsor of this episode, The Friendship Centre. For five years, the Friendship Centre has been providing self-funded counselling support to Christians and non-Christians alike. Finding a counsellor who is there when you need them, for as often as you need them, and with the same faith values as you, can be a challenge. The Friendship Centre offers both free and paid counselling services, in person or over the phone to people all around Australia. With 23 phone-based counsellors, they have the ability to pair you with someone who genuinely cares about you. Maria Serena founded the Friendship Centre with the hope of providing passionate and genuine mental health support to those in our local community. Our family has personally used the Friendship Centre services and after every interaction, we feel lighter, more loving and full of life. What sets the Friendship Centre apart from so many other mental health support services is that if you find your roots in faith, their counsellors cater their sessions to embed scripture and truth to help you not only feel better, but live better. Make sure to visit friendship-centre.com or call Maria on 0426282214 to learn more. Enjoy the rest of this incredible conversation. Oh my 
gosh, stop. There are so many metaphors in my there mind. There is, it's right? Like it's crazy. Blown. And I mean, I guess that comes down to, you know, having a social aspect to your faith, being with other like-minded people, yeah. helping people through their growth stages, yeah. being there for them. Being surrounded by a good community. Mm. I know for me, like, I wouldn't have grown so, grown so much if it wasn't for yeah. my community. I might read that verse because it kind of... Can I finish the metaphor with one other metaphor? <laughs> yeah, cool. You're like so, Jesus right now. Yeah, okay. Well, how crazy, right? So... This is like where it comes full circle. You know, you're planted, you grow, you develop to a point where you can start to bring fruit into the world and you can start to share your harvest with other people. Okay, what you plant to grow a corn plant is a corn kernel and corn kernels come from other corn plants. So it's like you start to be in a position where you're the one that's planting the plants in other people and the seeds in other people's lives. Then it's up to them to start to take over and to find their own faith and to grow in their relationship with God. And then hopefully through that, you know. I think it's just a lot, like it, that's so true mm. and it's so good. My mind is like racing with all these metaphors because it's so, <laughs> There's so many. Sorry, guys, analogies, metaphors. All no, but like Jesus did it and like. Oh, sheep. Sheep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and he did like the simplest metaphors as well. So like true. he's like the most intelligent. Yeah, so true. And he decided to count sheep. I think it's so cool. <laughs> Next question. So, my favorite human. One of my favorite human beings on the planet, Rebecca Lyons, in her book, With Love and Your, that we've spoken about heaps and heaps of times in yes. this podcast, um, she talks about pulling the weeds and she actually has this whole chapter about her gardening mm-hmm. and um, about how it's so important to take care of things and using our hands. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this like really relates to you, but I know it's changed like other people. Mm-hmm by doing stuff like this, but have you seen a change like mentally? And if there's someone who's like going through like anxiety or something like that, like what would you say to them? Like how has this yeah, helped you? Like maybe release stresses or something? Yeah, sure. Okay. There's actually a couple parts to this. Wow. And I love how these are spontaneous because I'm responding by the first things that are coming to my mind. So in terms of actual like tending to your garden, obviously weeds are bad because they disrupt and stunt your growth, right? Like they take the nutrients out of the soil that, you know, interrupts your actual growth cycle of your, you know, your crops and it can impact the quality of fruits. Terminologies. Like, I know. I'm so sorry. I was, but anyway, it's true. Like, it, you know, common sense will tell you it's not just ugly weeds in the garden. They actually physically change, you know, the way that you're developing. And so of course it's so important to pull out the weeds. And then there's the argument, oh, I don't want these pesticides. That's fake manufactured, which is like fake killing weeds. You have to get rid of them from the roots, right? You got to pull them out. So I'm sure everyone knows the metaphor. Like, you know, there's people in your life who are toxic. You got to take them out of your life. You got to pull out the weeds. But more so, I'll expand on it, <laughs> is like I wanted to be in a position where I didn't have to go out there every single day and pull out a weed, pull out a weed, pull out like this relentless cycle of like tidying, pulling. It's like tiring, you know. I wanted to enjoy the process. So one thing that you can actually do in a veggie garden is put mulch down. And when you put mulch down, it keeps moisture in, but it also stops light getting to the soil, which stops the weeds growing back. And so it's almost like, okay, initial, initial step, pull out the weeds, get them all out. But then instead of just leaving it and falling back into the same repetitive trap of, you know, allowing those weeds to grow back, make the effort to put things in place to stop the weeds coming. And a really good example of this is like, I see it all the time is like people who have, uh, I don't know, hyperbolized drama in their friendship groups. Oh my God, I'm ditching you as a friend. You're a horrible person, blah, 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 blah. Then they go to a a party the next week and see their friend. And then they have a bit of a drama fest. Then your friends again. And it's like, okay, wait, no, you have to acknowledge that they're, you know, not good in life. They're a weed, pull them out, then replace it or cover it with something else. Whether that's someone who's a better influence on your life, whether it's, I don't know, filling your morning with the word, whatever it is, you know, you have to replace what was there with something preventative to stop it from coming back. I think people get too caught up in that. Oh, you just got to pull them out, pull them out. (laughs) Sorry, I just did the weirdest hand gesture. (laughs) 
<laughs> you just get stuck in like the pulling, like action. You know, you forget about the rest. <laughs> Next oh, I'm glad this isn't a video podcast. Sometimes. <laughs> why has this whole planting thing? Mm-hmm. Why does it excite you so much? And when mm. these are, when it's harvest time and you collect your corn, you collect your pumpkins. Why do you want to do it again? Oh my gosh, I love it so much. First part to that question is that I did not think Rebecca would love veggies and veggie gardening as much as she has. Stop. I almost teared up watching yeah. from my window watching you guys get all the wheelbarrow and all this. Mm. It was just so cute. Well, it's funny, right? Because she kind of started the trend. She decided that she wanted to start growing avocados from seeds. She's got like 60 of them in her living room right now. It's You know that show My Strange Addiction? 60? 60. I'm not kidding. She's got 58, I think. <laughs> you know that show My Strange Addiction? She, she's got that. Literally. And it's even worse, right? It's like a little heroin drug addiction because some of them have started to turn into trees now. And so it's like, oh, next level gateway drug was just putting them in the jar. Now it's next level. They're trees. She's got so many of them. That is actually so cool. She kind of started the trend and I was looking for a project for us to do together. I'm like, hey, you know, let's do the veggie patch together. Let's clean it up. We'll get the soil. And we did, you know, like we actually shoveled all the soil, (laughs) shoveled all the shit. (laughs) <laughs> Literally, it's it's cow manure. Oh, ew! She shoveled it all day. You know, we spent a whole Saturday doing it, and we had so much fun together. But by the time we actually started growing the crops and like sending each other updates of things, seeing like how excited she was, made me again think about the future that we have together and how much fun we're actually going to have doing like the most simple things. That's literally all we want. And seeing that actually happen now was just so like reassuring that the life I'm going to have with her is just going to be the most happy and peaceful and just magical. But what was the other part of the question? Like why, why does, why do you want to do it? Oh, what do I want to do? When, when it's harvest time, you collect everything. Why do you want to plant? Yeah, that's hard. I think the big thing is that I know I'm going to have a feeling of emptiness in, in a way. Like it, it, well, it kind of becomes like your purpose in a very weird, odd way. It's like, I'm like, obviously I don't have a kid. <laughs> like, they're kind of like your kids. Yeah, obviously people aren't reliant, but yeah, they're your responsibility. You've got to look after him, you know. Geez, and plenty of veggie garden teaches you a lot about life, I feel. It does. Guys, look, don't even go get a veggie garden. Go get a pot. Find like your favorite type of food to eat, like fruit, whatever it is, and just try and grow it. See what happens. Okay, my last question is, I think you and Abby may have had this conversation because she actually asked me to put this question in here. Mm-hmm. And then it got me thinking because I guess like, I don't know. I feel like it's really good and relatable to me as well. But what has this taught you about contentment? That's hard, right? Because I think that's one of the hardest things that people can come to terms with in their life, right? And uh, people get so caught up in this idea and when they call themselves out is when they're really catching themselves wanting more and more and more and more and more in life, right? Like it's really clear to you when all of a sudden your priorities switch from, you know, I want to spend time with my friends, I really want to buy that car, Like that's pretty clear cut and you can call yourself out on it a lot. But in 99% of other cases, there's so much more gray area to that. And you don't really catch yourself morphing what you want in life and how you're feeling towards your life. And the only way that you can really appreciate where you are and like what your headspace is at is by taking time to reflect and like be with yourself. And by having a little garden, like there's no one there with you. You know, like, you, you, I mean, I talk to my plants sometimes and coming on to Halloween, I play them Halloween music, but that's the story of another time. You also do something weird. I mean, you have to do something weird with you. Don't listen or talk about manual pollination <laughs> <laughs> with a male and a female flower on this podcast, PG. But um, it, it's true. It, it makes you slow down. And because you're doing something, you know, with your hands, that's physical, like you're actually interacting with the world, is it makes you slow down your thinking, number one. 
because you don't actually realize this, but like in terms of psychology, if you're actually doing something with your hands, you're activating a different part of your brain as opposed to if you're typing or using a computer or something. It's just the way that, you know, your brain works. And by doing that, you're slowing down your actual thought processes. And I think by doing that, you start to reflect on, you know, what's your life actually looking like at the present, you know? And like me, I'm a very forward future thinking person, but by the same token, while I'm gardening, I'm thinking about how lovely my life is now. Like what other person has the opportunity to tend to corn at eight o'clock in the morning, you know, not rushing off to work or whatever it is. So I think it's about forcing yourself to have that time alone or doing something peaceful and with your hands that makes you call yourself out on the hidden kind of areas where you don't have contentment. Because again, like it's so easy to think think like, oh wow, I'm being driven by money. Yeah, it's because you're thinking about money all the time and money's such a tangible, physical, you can see it, whatever. But it's the other things in life that might be more hidden that you really need to take the time to think about. And that comes with, yeah, slowing down. Well, friends, we hope you enjoyed this wonderful episode. We don't know how, but we managed to talk about metaphors for over 20 minutes. But in all seriousness, your life is like a seed that has been planted. Finding your faith is like sprouting. For most of us, we are still growing. But once you start to set fruit, make sure to put all of that love back into the world. And in case you haven't decided already, go and grow some veggies. We'll catch you guys next Saturday.